You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by La Trobe University researcher Professor Paul Fisher to discuss his research into a blood test to diagnose Parkinson's disease. Welcome, Paul. Uh, Thanks, Dallas. What went into the development of the test, and, and how does it work? So the work that we've been doing on the test on this particular thing is, goes back three years. So we've been working on um, human blood cells uh, from Parkinson's patients for the last three years. But it was really uh, that was really a follow-up to some work we had done earlier with uh, a simple organism called Dictyostelium on Parkinson's disease and mitochondrial diseases. And we had wanted to find out whether the things that we found in that simple model system uh, would apply to um, cells from from human patients. So for the last three years, we've been doing that. Um, the way the test works is that we um, we take a blood sample, we isolate the white blood cells from that sample and we culture them. And using those cultured white blood cells, we then uh, test how rapidly they can metabolize uh, and consume oxygen. So uh, the oxygen, the respiration of these cells is used to drive all of their activities and it's all done um, by tiny little energy producing compartments inside cells called mitochondria and that's where all of us actually um, are using oxygen that we respire to get energy. So we were expecting uh, a defect in that in the ability of these cells to carry out respiration. And so we were expecting lower metabolic rates and lower oxygen consumption rates from these cells. But in fact, what we found was the reverse. Um, The Parkinson's cells were consuming oxygen at four times the rate, so much so that um, the difference between them and the healthy control cells place the Parkinson's patients and the healthy control cells into two different groups. So there's a, a huge, a dramatic fourfold difference between them. And we can we realize that they're so easily and clearly separated and different from the normal healthy control cells that we could use it as a blood test for diagnostic purposes. The Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research and the Shake It Up Australia Foundation are funding an expanded trial of the blood test. What what will the next steps involve? Okay, so for that uh, funded research from the Michael J. Fox Foundation, we're basically expanding the trial because we only had uh, just under 40 individuals participating in the initial trial with the aid of the funding from Michael J. Fox Foundation and Shake It Up Australia, we'll be able to expand that up to uh, a little bit over 100 individuals, which will mean that that, uh, the research will be much more powerful, um, particularly in relation to a lot of the other biochemical sorts of things that we're measuring um, in association with the respiration. And those measurements are not as tight and accurate and the differences between them and the Parkinson's cells are there, but not as clear-cut as the respiration. So we'll be able to nail down those differences and they'll help us understand why the oxygen consumption rates and metabolic rates for the Parkinson's cells are so much higher. Um, The other questions that we want to ask uh, for the diagnostic test in, um, in the future, we want to find out how early we can diagnose it. 
um, in the study that we did, we had somewhere we, we had uh, our most recently diagnosed patient was two years post diagnosis, and our um, most um, and at the other extreme, we had uh, a patient who had had Parkinson's for more than thirty years, and everything in between. So over that range of uh, periods with the disease, we found that the test was just as good at picking up. Uh, this difference between Parkinson's and healthy controls, regardless of how long they'd had the disease. Now, that means that if you extrapolate backwards, it may even have picked them up even before they had clinical symptoms. So we would like to verify if that's true. The other thing we want to find out is how specific this test is for Parkinson's. It may work in a similar way for other neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease or some of the other diseases that are related to but not identical to Parkinson's. And we want to know really how specific it is and whether it can distinguish amongst the different diseases. And to do that, we'll obviously need uh, additional projects with additional access to additional patient samples and additional funding. How likely is it that the test would work for other neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's? I think it will be very, it will be informative for others. I think there's a very high likelihood of that because um, there's the reason we got into this in the first place was that I knew from our previous work on on a group of rare diseases called mitochondrial diseases that um, in Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and motor neuron disease and so on. Uh, in fact, most of these neurodegenerative type diseases. It is believed that there are defects in mitochondrial respiration. Uh, so either that is going to be true, in which case we will see that and our test will pick it up, um, or it will be as it is in the Parkinson's case and it will actually be the reverse of what is what was predicted. Because remember, we had expected a defect like that in the Parkinson's cells and we actually found the reverse. So time will tell, I guess, but we are sure that one way or the other, it's going to help us um, and, um, potentially pick up these other diseases.